It was a Wednesday when everyone started trying to kill me. Carlyle called the night before with a job. Carlyle's my agent. He calls about once a month with an employment offer. For the most part, I take them. If I'm up against my house payment, then there's a good chance I'll be tracking down a lost soul or trying to get a trace on a murder. When he read me the details of this case, I almost laughed. An old lady lost her husband while he was walking their dogs in a park? That's all you're giving me? What do you want, Phineas? They come to me with a sob story. Cops can't help. I need a pro. They all want the same thing. Was it painless? Did he have any last words for me? You know the drill. Yeah. His last words were, Why in the hells did you send me out to walk a Pomeranian? Very funny. You want the job or what? If you're busy, I can shuffle the work off to Conover. He's dying for something. Stu? He's dying because he's ninety years old. I'll do it, but I want to go on record as not being thrilled. Yeah, great, I'll add that to your file. I keep one filled with all your bitching and moaning. You're all hot. Yeah, I am. I jotted down a few notes and then clicked off. Mrs. Whitfield was a handsome woman with white curls and a pair of glasses, complete with gold chain to keep them around her neck. When I opened the door to her knock, I was surprised that she didn't scare away every bug in the neighborhood. She wore old de mothball perfume with a will. Her hair was done up in a bun, and she sported a dress that was probably made by her in the sixties. She was the spitting image of a schoolteacher from the same decade. I kept my smart-ass comments to myself and my knuckles buried in the sleeves of my robe. I'd learned that none of my prospective clients took me seriously if I answered the door in jeans and a t-shirt, so I kept a black robe that had shapes of moons, planets, and a magic wand sewed on the front and back near. As much as I would like to say the robe had some magical benefits— It was just a gimmick that was about as dangerous as a wet paper towel. In fact, I had tripped more than once on the stupid hemline. Don't get me wrong, warlocks do wear robes, but they're normally imbued with some kind of properties or laced with otherworldly powers. That's right. I said it. Otherworldly. Mrs. Whitfield, I appreciate you stopping by but do you know what I do for a living? Certainly. She pushed her schoolteacher glasses up her nose with one finger as she gazed up at me. You're a witch that can communicate with the dead. I didn't think a witch would be so tall and normal. I covered my reaction with a cough. My lanky frame towered over her at six feet five, She had a comfortable rotundness that made me think of the stereotypical grandmother cooking pies and reading stories to children. Warlock. I'm a warlock, not a witch. I corrected her, but didn't add that I was a necromancer for two reasons. One, because I didn't feel like spending the next half hour explaining the difference. Two, because I tried not to say the necro word whenever possible. 
people just didn't have respect for those that played patty cake with corpses. Right, a warlock. She nodded like she met my kind every day. I get impressions, and sometimes they point me in the correct direction during an investigation. So the ghosts don't talk to you? No, ma'am. They just guide me. Now, tell me what happened. The police said that my Clarence was killed by a roving band of homeless men. I hadn't seen anything in the newspaper or on TV, and wondered if the cops had spun the story to protect her. Maybe she was in denial and had constructed the story to explain away a gambling debt. Maybe her husband's secret gay lover got angry. One thing was for sure. If Carlyle was sending me on a wild goose chase, I wanted money up front.